Hello there. Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show that brings you all of the news from all across the galaxy and smashes it through the holonet right into your ears every Saturday morning. I am one of your hosts, your co-host, Mr. Mask Asquith, and I'm going to bring on my glorious co-host in just one second. But today we're going to talk about George Lucas's original Anakin Skywalker plan. We're going to talk about... A nice new Thrawn toy, which is not as fun as it sounds on paper. We're going to talk about that new Jedi Order movie, and we're going to talk about your friend of mine, the guy that my friend Adam knocked off his bike, Mr. Idris Elba. That's right. That's an actual story that I'll tell you a little bit later. But before I do that, if you want to get involved, if you want to be like Kevin and all of the other fantastic supporters and get yourself some swag, namely a Spark Rebellion sticker and chuck us a couple of quid so that we can buy beer or gear with it. You can do so at sparkrebellion.com slash support. Now, if this person, my co-host, was in Andor, he's that butch and manly, they would have had to rename the show to Mandor. It is, of course, Gary Ellett. All right, geezer? All right, geezer. Oh, yeah, that was a nice one. Yeah, I wouldn't say um, I've had Butch uh, thrown around my corner of the galaxy that often, but thank you, though. Quality, not quantity Mm. of compliment, yeah. Mm -hmm. I tell the missus. Always, again. I'm good, thank you, buddy. I'm good. It's, um, it's, uh, we've said this many times on this podcast, but... We are very fortunate to be able to do this, and I, I love being able to just wind down the week on a Friday and chat some Star Wars, because it's been a busy old week, this one. I know that might sound like a rarity. We do work hard, yeah, play hard, but, you know, play hard should be working hard sometimes. But it has been a long week, so it's very cool to chat Star Wars, and I'm keeping very well, dude. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you. Uh, you done out Star Wars this week? Uh, just one little thing. I've whacked off the, the oh, storyline for... Cool. Onwards. <laughs> Talking of Thrawn toy, yeah, I uh, I whacked off the Star Wars Jedi Survivor interactive video game. Yeah, finished it then. And finished it, mate. Completely, mate. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a cracking story. Whenever you get round to it, buddy, at whatever point um, it drops on Game Pass, whatever, I think you'll enjoy it, dude. But because there's so much to do, tons to do, mm. I'm going to give it a rest for a bit. I'm going to go back, play some other games, then go back and do the whole, you know. Whatever they call it, the cool kids. Platinum the game, no life it, 100%, whatever. But it's very cool, though. Yeah. Good, very man. Cool. What about you? I like Any it. Star Wars-y? Um, not loads, just reading. Um, I'm on to the uh, Vision of the Future, the Hand of Throne duology, so the second one, and I was about halfway through that one. Oh. Um, yeah, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, just plowing through that, so we'll see how I feel after when I, you know, when I've finished with that one but that's what I've been that's what I've been doing and uh, in fact let's start off with the old throne we love our toys don't we we love our old uh, our old gear to stick on the old on the old mantelpiece we've got some hot toys we've got some uh, lego well throne is getting a lot more love these days because it's been reintroduced into the new canon thanks to well obviously rebels but of course the upcoming Ahsoka show so 
Star Wars and Gentle Giant has begun to capitalize on Thrawn's resurgence and his popularity because they've released a premiere collection statue based on his animated appearance in Rebels. It's available to pre-order now, and this is according to JediNews.com. Now, this is... You've got Thrawn. It looks like he's sat on the throne of the Chimera, which is his, uh, his ship. And... It's a cute little thing. It's nice enough. Nine inches tall. It's a one-seven scale. Uh, and there are only, only a thousand of these. So you do get a bloody certificate to prove it as well. But I'm not going to lie to you. It's a bit rich for my taste. It's nine inches high. Limited edition, of course, but it's 250 bucks. Now, for that kind of buns, you can get yourself a premium Hot Toys. You know, so not something I'm going to be picking up. But I can see why people would like it. What say thee, dude? This is unlike you, dude. Normally you pay more than that for less inches. So well, that's just when the mood takes me. You just can't fight the feeling. Yeah, if we were looking at this on a Saturday night, Mark would have pre-ordered this instantly. Instant, Instagrammed few, it. Yeah, on the gram. A few uh, whiskeys. I remember that time when Mark drunk texts me. He's like, oh, dude. I've just drunk ordered a load of Star Wars books. I think you ordered the um, the prequel books or something after a few. No, whiskeys. I ordered nine. Was it nine of them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I nine. ordered all all the Skywalker saga movies in book form. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm so now I'm like, Jesus! Now I've got to read Rise of Skywalker as well as watch the shite. Yeah. <laughs> Seven quid on uh, that. Drunken times. I love it. Anyway, Thrawn statue. It's uh, it's a really nice looking. I mean not taking anything away from said statue it looks really cool I, I like that they've based it on the um on the uh the rebels appearance as well that looks very cool because let's be honest we haven't had many appearances to go on we just had like a few comics um some cover artists have had a crack on some of the books and whatnot so yeah it's pretty sweet but 250 bucks i don't know man seems a bit steep for that like you said that's a good quality hot toys and six inch scale figure from those guys but yeah, it's if Thrawn is your your thing, then then crack on. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I think it, it, the likeness, obviously. I mean, it's much easier to get an animated likeness because you just you know it's, it's based on three D models anyway. So um, the likeness is fantastic. So yeah, if you're a big Rebels fan, if you're a big Thrawn th- fan, and and you just want to get your hands on something now, this is a great bet for my money. I would be hanging on because I reckon there's going to be something a bit more premium after we see him in live action. Because yeah. yeah. Why not? It's almost inevitable. But yeah, Gentle Giant Limited, we'll stick a link in the old show notes. So whatever you listen to this podcast, go and tap the screen now and you will get the show notes. Um, Right. Shall we talk about uh, our friend and yours friend and my friend and everyone's friend, George Lucas, the man, the creator, the boo himself? Not really a story, this one, but it came up on the news, so we thought we'd talk about it. You know, you get these uh, these big old expensive Star Wars archives books. Um, they've got oh, a lot of behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. Yeah, they're really good. Some of them are super expensive. Like the prequel ones, I think, are expensive. And then, like, the original trilogy ones aren't that expensive. I think I've got the OT one. Um, but anyway, all it is, Screen Rant have put together an article which is based on Paul Duncan's uh, The Star Wars Archives, 99205. So basically... The prequels, and this is this has been out before, but I think it's always worth revisiting. Um, where George Lucas has said that he wanted to do a prequel story about Anakin 
how he became Vader and some of the plot points that made their way into Revenge of the Sith. Um, and the reason that I thought this was worth mentioning was it just reinforces <laughs> probably the fact that the other two prequels weren't quite as good as Revenge of the Sith. And I, I, I just, it makes you wonder whether that's just because it was preconceived such a long, long time ago and, you know, the rest of them had to be written maybe over the course of three years or five years instead of 20. So... In this book, uh, Paul Duncan in the archives, he basically goes on to say, look, Anakin was always going to have a duel with, with, with Obi-Wan in a volcano. He was always going to be in the pocket of the Emperor and knocking about with his buddy. Um, interestingly, he doesn't call him Palpatine, which is not a surprise. And he, he just basically goes on to say that there was going to be a Mrs. Skywalker, not Padme yet, but a Mrs. Skywalker. Um, and it, I, I don't think it's anything new, but I, I thought it was worth mentioning because I think it does... There's almost a palpable shift in the quality of the prequels between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace and then Revenge of the Sith. There's almost like a... It's almost a... Just, it's almost a story um, leap, you know? It's almost like, wow, okay, the stakes are high. Everything is... The politics side of it is sort of gone now. Now it's just, you know... Bad things are happening. Anakin thinks he can make it better if he does this thing. So, I don't know. It's always felt different, hasn't it? Revenge of the Sith has always felt different to the prequels. And you've got to wonder if this is a little bit of why. Yeah, dude, I think that's... You nailed it there. I think it feels different because it feels like George Lucas already had that pre-done decades before. Work started on the prequels themselves. So, I think the first two films, yeah, that was more... Um. I think that was more like we need to make a trilogy of films. It feels like, you know, we had the original trilogy of stuff. Now we need to make some, some, uh, some backstory stuff. Let's just make another trilogy because, you know, that's kind of makes sense. And the first two feel a little bit, um, what's the word? They feel like, let's get this stuff out of the way because we need to get to the crux of the matter with Anakin. That's what it sort of feels. But it feels like those two are like a ramp up to the main event, which is episode three. And yeah, you're right. It does feel like it's definitely darker, isn't it? Episode three is way darker than the first two. It's almost like it takes that leap from being sort of fun and cozy and silly almost from the first two. And it's like, okay, now we're at this point where Anakin's really taking that dip, that dive, you know, it's, um, if these had happened first, it would probably end on a huge cliffhanger. It would be like, is Anakin going to pull out of the dive or is he going to go full on dark side, become this thing? And then later on. So there's loads of options I could have done with it and loads of ways I could have gone with it, but it feels that way because as this guy references in the, the archives and so on, he probably had all this, just all the cogs turning beforehand pitch the story and then decades later it's like well we don't need to concentrate too much on that one because i've got that nailed let's just put the work into the first two set up all these new characters all the origins for things so it's fascinating stuff dude and it's one of those things as well you say it's not much of a big story but really when you when you still see george lucas out and about doing the rounds on star wars news it's so cool because there was a rumor wasn't there a couple of weeks ago that he was making a comeback that George was going to buy Star Wars back from, you know, complete, you know, rubbish. But when you see stuff like that and you think, actually, what would happen if he did, 
you know, just took the reins again and just, you know, just sorted stuff out. I don't know. But to, to hear his name um, out and about in the news, stuff like this is awesome. So, yeah, not much of a big sort of thing announcement, but a lovely little story for him. Very cool. Yeah, it is. It's always a uh, it's always a laugh when you hear those Star Wars rumours. What did he, what did he sell it for? Like four billion? Oh, with a B. Yeah, it was a big old. Yeah, it's. Like I mean, he could afford it. Something. Let's not get twisted. He could afford it. It would be like a very idiotic late life crisis purchase. Let's be honest. His missus is like, look, 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 look. whoa, whoa, whoa. Philanthropy, you know, we're all into the, you know, the charity work now and doing all that stuff. This is not in the same bucket, is it, Georgie Porgy? Let's think about this. Pensions. Uh, Got to get my annuity purchased, Anna George. (laughs) Got to keep that coming in every month in case you leave, run off with the Ewoks. Now, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's always funny to hear people saying stuff like that. He's clearly not going to buy it back because it wouldn't be worth four billion, would it now? It'd be worth like 20 billion. At least. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so, probably more than more than that. Yeah, good one, everyone. But yeah, no, it's it's always good that these things keep coming. Out. I'm always fascinated by the fact that people kill, uh, kill, still keep going to the prequel era. I, I honestly believe it's the era that gets like the most coverage. Mm. Just, and I don't know yeah. if that's because it's people like us that, um, you know, may have been a bit critical when the first came out. It's certainly, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, but then. Now Hayden's back, and is, is you know is is this like what happened with um, any franchise from the eighties in the early two thousands? You know, is that nostalgia kicking in, and we're like, oh no, it's actually all right. <laughs> Do you know? I don't, A little bit, yeah. But now we're in where I'm. You know, people of our age are in positions of power. They're the editors now, instead <laughs> of the little, you know, spunky little writers trying to carve the way out. Now they're the people, you know, right. Screen rant, go and just do a pile of Star Wars stuff because I'm the editor and it gets clicks. So, yeah. you know, it's just people of our ilk now that seem to be in positions of power because we're at that age. Um, so it's always fascinating to see that. I think that's, it's interesting that we always, always, always get prequel news. Like it's every week there's something prequel that is out, whether it's a new book. There yeah. is, isn't there? There's always something. Um, right, sequels to a sequel is next the sequels to the sequels um old mangold you remember james mangold director of logan he's doing the new dawn of the jedi movie which we did get a little bit of extra news about today which maybe we'll talk about next week but we, th- we do have a title and we do have a release date and maybe a production schedule as well which just came out a few hours ago on superhero hype we're going to talk about that on the next episode so tune in for that one but yeah old mangold we talked about it before. Like, is this going to be an origin story of the Jedi? You mentioned it last week, and, and this is referenced in this article, so they probably listened to the show. Um, you said last week, if they do an origin story of the Jedi, it's fraught with problems because it, frankly, could just undo a load of canon and they just make themselves more problems. You know what the Star Wars nerds are like over on the Facebook? You know, a lot of nasty idiots out there. So who'd want to do that? Well, apparently Mangold's come out, and again, Screen Rant's reporting that Mangold's come out and said, it's not about that, not about the dawn of the Jedi, it's not about any of that stuff, not about how the Jedi come to be, so it can't contradict legends, it can't contradict prime Jedis and canon and, you know, all sorts of stuff that that exists already. This is very clearly and specifically the Force, and not even necessarily the origin of the Force, because 
presumably it's been around for way before people start to harness it. But it's about how the force almost just becomes a, 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 a not necessarily a character because that's from our side, but how it becomes this entity that people understand and you know it's this Ten Commandments of the Force, which is quite interesting. It's clearly going to play out like a bloody Jedi origin story after all that, isn't it? But you just, it's nice to see that they're still thinking this is a Force movie. It's not a Jedi movie. It's not a Sith movie. Um, whether or not they can pull that off, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I, like I've said before, and I know we've talked about it, I just struggle to see this not becoming quite a cliched movie. You know, I want to do this with it. Oh, you can't do that with it, you bastard. Right, screw you. I'm going to put a helmet on and magnetize everything. You get in your wheelchair and piss off over there. Do you know what I mean? Is it going to mm. be more of that mm. stuff? I just, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, any more thoughts on this movie, dude? The Force, the movie? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a reasonably clever play by removing the the origin of the Jedi aspect out of it a little bit and concentrating more on the Force itself. That's kind of cool for the obvious reasons that you've just detailed. But it still feels like there needs to be some kind of Jedi origin in there because otherwise it just ends up being a um an empty film almost because you need some you need some mechanism to manifest the force in order to know it's there in the first place if that makes sense there can't just be the film can't just be two hours of like a planet somewhere with like floating rocks and things and it's like yeah well the force is doing that you know it has to have some kind of vehicle to sort of carry the the concept of the force so we can see it and interact with it and make it sort of tangible. So that's the Jedi basically and the Sith, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, you're probably right. It's, um, it's going to be one of those cliched. There are two twins on this planet. One of them turns to the light side. The other one turns to the dark side and thus is born the battle of the, you know, all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it sounds cool. Don't be wrong. It sounds like it could be, it could be, very very cool it's just yeah it, it, it without any without any jedi exposition it's an empty film really so i don't know we're no experts but yeah yeah i'm always amazed that writers think of stuff we don't i mean that's that's why that's why we aren't writers but it's yeah it's i don't want the force to be like the MacGuffin. do you know what i mean and I just, like you said, I can't see how they're going to put, how do they put a narrative around something so ethereal without mm. adding people's desire to use that ethereal force for good or bad or their own gain or for protecting the innocent. You know, I, ju I just, I just feel it's almost inevitable that even if this is like a trilogy and it doesn't happen in the first film or the second film, at some point it will be, ah, you can't do that with the force, mate. We probably shouldn't be doing that. And I just feel that's a bit obvious. Sure, it'll be great and it'll be a spectacle to watch and it'll be nice to see some of the unknown aspects or the unseen aspects of the Force and the elements of the Force, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. It's, it has to happen, doesn't it? it has, there has to be some There's got to be conflict, hasn't there? Exactly, yeah. Because the Force is all about balance. We've been taught that over the decades, not just from George, but from the clever people that have carried that over into whatever film or book, whatever. So the force is always about balance. So you can't have a film about you know, some clever dude doing some 
good things with the force and not have any kind of, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. That's going to lead to some bad stuff. Uh, get the kettle on and we'll have a talk. No, just don't do it. Have a you know. chin wag. Have a chin wag, yeah. God, let's go free. Jesus. Let it all Come hang, on. yeah. Get yourself a scotch egg. <laughs> uh, speaking <laughs> of people that like scotch eggs, everyone loves scotch eggs. Tell you who does like a scotch egg. <laughs> Obi-Wan bloody Kenobi. He's known for it. Oh, they call him Scotchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call him Scotchy, not to his face, not because I'm scared of him, but call, it, call him Scotchy. Where's Scotchy? Who's that? We call him Scotchy. 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 Obi-Wan. Yeah. yeah. Told you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all it is. You remember his TV show? The finale of that aired yesterday as we're recording this, actually. And uh, he was in a TV show, wasn't he? It was called... Obi-Wan Kenobi, not Scotchy, couldn't get the domain name. Well, <laughs> the Star Wars comics, produced by Marvel, of course, have taken this TV series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and decided to adapt it. Jodie Hauser and Salvador La Roca, who is going to be the penciler, is bringing, are bringing together um, this six-issue miniseries. So it's basically every episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, in comic format, which will be all right. You know, it's just another way of... It's like they did with Air to the Empire, isn't it? That's a comic. Um, mm. there's, there's tons of them. They do this quite a lot. It's... I'm probably not reading it. But, like, it's probably... It's one of them that you download on a plane, and you're like, go on then, give this a little... Give this a little wackaroo. Um, certainly wouldn't buy it in print, because it's just now... Mm. Mm. Don't know. Yeah, the only thing that would make me want to read it, or certainly pick up the, um, I don't know, it'll be like a slim trade paperback a few months afterwards. It'll only be like ten or something. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think the only thing that would make me want to read it potentially is if it's an adaptation that includes extra stuff. Maybe if it's just yeah. a you know a scene by scene or. a narrative re- recreation exactly as it is in the tv show then mm-hmm. probably not but if it you know if it dives into a few more bits with vader and and stuff like that then maybe or the inquisitors maybe but yeah probably skip it unless it's got some some all right stuff i mean it's gonna have to, they're gonna have to have the normally 26 or so pages comics if you do like a bumper mm-hmm. you can go anything up to 100 pages they're not going to be a, they're not going to be bumpers i would peg this one at being like a double issue per Per, per episode, if you like, so more like 40-ish pages. Um, because I just don't see how they can get 45 minutes of content into 26 pages. I think that's pretty tough. True. Um, yep. Unless you edit out a lot of the stuff that's character work, which is the last thing that you want to do if you are doing an adaptation. Like you said, it's like book adaptation. Like Revenge of the Sith is the best example of this. Revenge of the Sith, the book, is fantastic. In fact, all the prequels are better as books. Because you get behind the mind of like Anakin and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and you get the why behind the sentence. You know, they, they, they put a sentence out and you're like, that's a bit clunky, is that? They said that for. And then in the book, you're like, oh, so, you know, there's like five minutes of thinking before they say that weird clunky sentence. So you're right. If it adds something, I just can't see how comic books would add something in this regard. Um, and I'm a comic book collector. You know, I would, I would ordinarily buy something like this and think, yeah, I've got that. Um, sometimes they do though sometimes with um, the biggest one that I can remember 
is when they added that scene. I, I think it was a Charles Soule comic book. Was it the early Vader run? I can't remember. There's a scene where, um, not Anakin, but Vader picks up C-3PO's helmet and has a little moment where he's like, has a flashback and a nice little, almost mm -hmm. like a, you know, a nostalgic little smile under his helmet almost. There's like a, a feeling there. And that's obviously not in any canonized motion picture anywhere motion picture that's very posh it's not in any motion canon movie picture. anywhere so they do sometimes add stuff in there like little throwbacks and backstories and stuff like that but that was in a big run that was a big arc that was like a I don't know like a year's worth of vader story so yeah in a little six issue run like this like, i don't know yeah i can't see him adding too much dude yeah. no me neither me neither me neither but uh, we'll see i might download it hey speaking of things that i've uh have accessed. Have you watched the Patterson edit of Obi Wan Kenobi yet? Nope. 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 So this is a two and a half hour movie, basically. Um, it's uh, available online. If you look at the Patterson edit on YouTube, it gives you links to get it. With the caveat that please have a Disney Plus subscription to make it so you can legally access all of these. So I got it. Uh, a friend of mine got it, and I I'm gonna watch it. It's supposed to be excellent, like really good, because it's it's just two and a half hours. So what's that? Cuts off. That's maybe half of the Obi Wan Kenobi runtime in total. Mm -hmm. Um, so apparently it tightens everything up and adds a couple of little bits as well. It's a bit like that. You remember the Phantom edit of the Phantom Menace mm -hmm. uh, that came out? Cut a lot of the Jar Jar stuff. Cut the midi chlorian stuff. Like just tightened it up a little bit and added a few bits in there as well. Um, it's getting compared to that. So apparently it's really good. Now I'm well up for this. You know, when you want to watch a Star Wars movie, I'm up for trying this. Um, Sounds good. So I'm going to give yeah. it a whirl. Yeah, just have a look at it. See if, yeah, we should do maybe a watch along or something. Uh, oh, that could yeah. be good. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds cool. So what's it called? The P... P, P, P Patterson Edit. The Patterson Edit. Patterson we'll Edit. Um, legally acquire... For a friend. Well, if you go to... Um, Disney Plus subscription already confirmed. Good. KaiPattersonFilms.com Kai slash Kenobi. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cheers for that. Yeah, we'll do a watch along. That'd be awesome. That'll be quite cool, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, all right. Let's talk about... Let's talk about bloody Idris Elba. <laughs> My mate Adam did literally knock him off his bike. He's walking down Shoreditch. That's where Luther's filmed um, around the east end of London. They use uh, the police station that we were at. We weren't at the police station. We know Liverpool Street's police station there. They use all that area for Luther. Uh, back of Moorgate, they use that. And uh, used to live down there. Adam stepped out in front of a bike and uh, it was Idris Elba. So, uh oh. Yeah. Was it awkward or was he... Ah, it was all right. Okay. It yeah. was fine. We only clocked it afterwards. Adam was like, oh, is it just hell with that? Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. But he was going too fast and he's furious. <laughs> yep. That's always a, a, a cliched problem that he has to avoid a lot mm -hmm. by the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, according to Giant Freaking Robot, um, in fact, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read their byline. We've exclusively learned that Idris Elba is in negotiations to play the villain, villain of Daisy Ridley's upcoming Star Wars film. That is the story. Exclusive, exclusively learned. Yeah. 
that is the story. Um, obviously, he's been in all sorts, hasn't he? He's been in Marvel. He's been in DC. He's been in Fast and Furious. He's been in bloody Star Trek. It's inevitable he's going to end up in Star Wars. He's a bloody disc jockey. Yeah. He gets about gets a bit, does old his bristles. Yeah, he's just everywhere. He's on, he's on, he's on your telly. He's, he's on your ears. He's on your movie screens. Mm-hmm. Cannot get shut of the guy. But I do like him. Um, he's one of those people, he all, he, he, like he's almost like Ben Affleck or Denzel or mm, who else we got? Like Charlie Hunnam. They just, they just play themselves. Mm-hmm. Or they're just always the same person. So we'll see. We'll see whether this comes to fruition or not. Um, would I like to see him in Star Wars? Don't really care. What about you? Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I hate being on the fence with stuff, you know. Mm. I always criticise people for doing that, you know. But I am on the fence because I, I, I'm just indifferent on it. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm would, the same with that. Yeah. Would he be cool? Depends on what character he's playing, I suppose. If it turns out this is rumour's not true and he's not in it, still cool. Someone else will play it, whatever. So yeah, I'm <laughs> really not... Um, I don't know. I've never considered Idris Elba to be in Star Wars and what character he would play. So I can't really say out. No, mm. I'm the same with that. Like, I'm pretty ambivalent on it. And I'm like, you, I don't like being on the fence. But it's Idris Elba. He's just, he's good in everything. Well, but he's in some shite. And he's always decent in it. Yeah, exactly. He's always, but like, but he's just all right in everything, isn't he? What do you mean? Like, there's no standout, amazing performance or film. It's just sort well, of good in everything. I think he's good in, like, the, like the standout being Luther, obviously. He's brilliant in that. But most of the stuff he's in is, like, average. Like, all the DC stuff. It's, that is in you know the, the the Suicide Squad the James Gunn one mm. it's okay it's decent and he's good enough in it Star Trek he's good enough in it like Thor Marvel stuff he's good enough yeah, yeah he was okay in Thor wasn't he he played the the listener the watcher the gatekeeper yeah. whatever he was Heimdall yeah yeah not too bad in actually pretty decent um, but he's just not one of those dudes I mean it's kind of interesting they floated back towards Star Wars because I think for the last, what, four or five years, he's always been touted as the next James Bond, right? He's always going to be the next, you know, the first, you know, James Bond of colour and he could put it off anyway because of the, the English charm and all that stuff. So he's all the sort of rumours about any casting for him to do with anything has always been around Bond for the last few years. So, yeah, to I don't know, to see him be thought about even for Star Wars. And it makes sense because of what you've just said, because he's been in everything else, every other franchise. It makes sense to sort of do the, to do the triple, I guess. Was it Star Trek, comic book stuff, and now Star Wars? So, hmm. Yeah. And just it's almost, bothered, really. No, I'm hmm. the same. It's almost just no surprise. You know, if you say, oh, Idris Elba's going to be in Star Wars, you just be like, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Sure. Like, uh, yeah, of course it bloody is. You know, it's yeah. almost like it's like he's like he's like The Rock. You know, if, <laughs> yeah. if she was, if you, but I, if The Rock was in Star Wars, I would be miffed because that guy is shite. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? It's almost like a disrespect to to Idris Elba because I think a lot of people will be in the same thought process as us about it. It's like, oh yeah, 
whatever, cool. If they said something like Al Pacino is going to be in Star Wars, or, you know, you'd be like, shit, like, here we go. Like, what's what's going on here? This is amazing. Can you imagine but, that? Yeah. <laughs> if Edris Elba, it's like, oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, 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 it's a bit disrespectful, actually. Yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying with that. <laughs> Al Pacino would be hilarious. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing with my lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> Bang uh, on. <laughs> what? You, I come around here, I expect to see your cave tidy and clean. <laughs> and instead, I got Jedi robes, I got blue milk, and I got a lightsaber. Yeah, what am I doing here? Be amazing, like some sort of gangster Jedi. Some, yeah. Some I'd be underworld. all right with that. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be all right. Yeah, and De Niro pops up. Yeah, yeah. of course yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. Yo. Yo. You and your life. <laughs> Is it a speaking part, Bob? Yeah. No, he's not decided yet. No, he's, yeah. Do it on the night. Do yeah, your lines. If you want. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. So Idris Elba, got a little way to go yet before we get that sort of reaction, I think. I just want to see, I just, I, all, I honestly just want them to cast Stallone in like the Mandalorian season four. <laughs> and just, what, just Apollo Creed get wildly confused. Oh mate, talking to Stallone, right? I'm going to upset you now. I'm very sorry. Oh my God. I've seen I've seen an episode of something, and mate, it's awful. Oh what? my god! It's not that Stallone's thing, is it? Yeah. So he's moved over. Well, I say moved over. He's done this TV series. I think it's called Tulsa King. Oh yeah, I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate. Oh dude. It's mint, isn't it? No, no. It is. One, it's mint for that reason. One episode in, mate, and I'm like, oh, sly. I, I love you. I love you to death. But, mate, TV's not your bag. <laughs> TV's not your thing. It's funny, isn't it? Because he waltzes into that town. It's like the first shop he sees. He's like, yo, I'm taking that over. Yeah. <laughs> like, that could have, it could have been a freaking shoe shop. Or it could, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It could have been anything. It could have just been a sandwich shop. <laughs> oh. It's like getting protection money from the butchers. Like, All right. from, the bu- <laughs> from the butchers, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's bad. In it, and I love it's him. Not great. We both love him, but I don't know. He's so yeah. If he was in a Star Wars film, maybe a scene or two, good. But a TV series, I'm not sure, man. He just doesn't gel with it. Too no, much. It's, it's too much. It's difficult for him. To be fair, the series is one of those nice, chilled-out watches. Speaking of which, the very same thing is like. Have you watched Fubar with Annie on Netflix? Not, not yet, but it's on the list. Is it good? It's, it's, it's shite, but brilliant. <laughs> Another one that's shite, but great. Like, cause it's Arnie. Yeah. So like, he's just <laughs> delivering some right dross and he's like, so, you know, the premise from the trailer, I assume, you mm-hmm. know, he's in the CIA, doesn't know his kids in the CIA and, and thus ensues parental comedy. What are you doing, cursing? You've been telling me you drink alcohol next. <laughs> you're, you're like, yeah, of course, that's yeah. what, you, yeah, of course, if Arnie was my dad. And like, he's properly hamming up, like the twins vibe. You're like, you're walking into the, um, 
walks into the, the the house with his wife and obviously he's this badass CIA guy and he's like, he properly hams up the dad. He's like, oh, wow, your food looks amazing. Please, can I help with anything to make the kitchen life easier for you? And you're like, <laughs> you just, you can see Fucking him man. channeling junior and kindergarten cop and all the shit that we love. And you're just like, I want to hate this. I want to hate it. But I'm watching the next episode. Is he likable though? Is he? He's Arnie. You can't, yeah, you you can't, you know, he's, oh, and yeah, obviously some one-liners. See, that's cool. I don't mind that. Honestly, it sounds great. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. I don't mind that. But the Stallone one, the director just said to him, you're pissed off all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You've got no range in this, mate. You're just that thing the whole time. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. I was a boxer. Go and so, be yourself. Go and be <laughs> you miserable old git. Go and do that. Yeah. Hey, yo. But would, would it be good in Star Wars? No. He was in Spy Kids. That's kind of like... <laughs> It'd be know. terrible, wouldn't it? Imagine. Like, what would he... What would Stallone play? He'd probably would be like a gangster bounty hunter boss, wouldn't he? The irony is, he'd probably be like... Apollo Creed's character. Griff Gaga. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he would probably be another one of those. Yeah. And then they'd get into a fight, of course. Yeah. And he, I honestly, in my mind, like, <laughs> I play this shit out in my mind, like Apollo Creed would get confused every time they were filming. Yeah. And they'd just start <laughs> saying Rocky lines by accident. Do you know what oh, I mean? And just, yeah. you can imagine like Bryce Dallas Howard, like, Apollo, listen, mate, <laughs> you have got to start saying the right lines. And he's like, hey, you fight great. I'm a great fighter. She's like, no, cut. Apollo, stop. <laughs> He's just constantly pissed off that they're calling him Apollo. He's like, my name's Carl Weathers. All right? You don't, dis- you don't respect, disrespect my friend Rocky over here like that, do you? Right? <laughs> Call me Carl. Yeah? Call me Carl. And Stallone's just like, what the fuck? That's so funny. Like, everyone calls him Apollo. Like, Bryce was like, look, Apollo. <laughs> And he's that pissed off with it that he uses Stallone as the example, but calls him Rocky and he's none the wiser. (laughs) That's just genius, man. Like the concept behind that is the funniest thing ever. Uh, That's like a a comic relief skit ready to go in it. Yeah. And all the lines like, yeah, you know what? It's like, cut. What did I just say? (laughs) How many times I got to do this, man? (laughs) Yeah, and Stallone's like, yo, yo, yo. yo <laughs> you can stay out of this rock, right? Yeah. I got this. Oh They're disrespecting God. me. Don't do, don't. You'll be doing the same to Rocky next, all right? Call him by his fucking name. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, that's amazing. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone's listening to this and they're both in good spirits and they'll sign up to do a little sketch on SNL or something because I'd die. That'd be amazing. That, you know what? Yeah, that's like if you died the day after that, you'd be a happy, you'd die yeah. a happy man, wouldn't you? Jesus. They did my skit, mum. They did my yeah. skit and everyone <laughs> laughed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. So all right, let's get on to the last story of the week. <laughs> if I said to you, fuck the empire, what would you bloody think? <laughs> yeah? And that is how the exact meeting went down between Tony Gilroy, showrunner of Andor, and Disney. <laughs> That's right, because apparently, according to Mr. Gilroy, you know, uh, you know when Cassian's mum 
was giving that speech at the end. Fiona Shaw's Marva Andor was giving the old speech at the end, saying, you know, rise up, I'm a big giant hologram. You know, and she said, fight the Empire. They'd actually filmed it, and she says, fuck the Empire. And uh, they cut it. They were going to do an F-bomb in there, and they cut it because it's Disney and it's Star Wars, and I get it. But also, I want to get your thoughts on this, all right? What's your vibe? Because whilst I'm all up for, like, fuck the Empire, that's cool, badass, I'm also thinking, I also have enough trouble thinking to myself, why does everyone in Star Wars speak English? So if they even cursed like we did, it'd probably pull me right out of the moment. So for me, this is a pretty good decision to cut that F-bomb. But well, two things, good decision to cut it, and, you know, was it, it, was it ever really going to get in there? Mm. Right decision to cut it, for sure. And you're right, it was never going to fly. It was... Um, this was probably filmed as... Um, uh, who was the uh, the character's name? Marva. Um, she's a pretty funny old girl, by all accounts. I see this as like an outtake. I see this as a, as a thing, and they've kind of mm. misconstrued it. I, I don't think she would have seriously considered saying it. <laughs> Um, or even whacking it down in a script for the sake of it just being an F-bomb. And it was never going to fly anyway because it's Disney. But yeah, you're right. Something to do with the immersion factor. If I think if there was a, an expletive that was dropped, it, yeah, it's like the opposite problem to EastEnders. If, listener, if you're listening outside of the UK, let me explain. If you're listening outside the UK, we have a soap that's running here called EastEnders. And it's about a a program set, as the name suggests, in the East End of London. Now, if you've ever met anyone from the East End of London, spent any time, you will know that every other word is an F-bomb or a C-bomb or something. So the fact that nobody swears in East Enders makes it the most unrealistic program ever. It's this is point. the opposite. This is the opposite. The fact that nobody swears in Star Wars is the precedent, and that's the thing. When you start dropping the expletives, it's like that doesn't feel like the universe of star wars even if it's probably warranted and you know what it probably is she feels that strongly about the empire as does everybody um who was in that march and that protest at the time there probably was you know if star wars was real and there was you know journalists down on the thing and you know there would be people shouting that but that's not star wars so you're right it would take you out of the out of the out of the thing so that's my vibe dude yeah you can imagine Extinction Rebellion, can't you? Laying on the floor, or the anti-oil guy is chucking the little orange smoke all over her. The Emperor's just like, just fucking kill him. <laughs> Fuck them up. Do you yeah, know what? Make it long and torturous, yeah. Yeah. Peaceful. It's a different world, isn't it? It's a different world. Mm -hmm. You are not screwing up the Emperor's snooker table with your little orange dust. Because he'll have you. He can shoot lightning out of his hands. Yeah. He would have you. And that's Cruffs. Yeah. He'd just yeah. walk away, wouldn't he, slowly, with his walking stick. Just walk away. Everyone get, in the yeah, room would know. Chopped off by Vader. He'd just be like... Yep. yep. And then he'd make a little quip. Wouldn't he? Be a one-liner. Don't lose your head. You're like, go, go. Mm -hmm. Fucking all right, Arnie. All right, there we go. Yep. Arnie Vader. He <laughs> gave... Yep. Gave Arnie a lightsaber. Now look. Look, yeah. look at what's happened. No, it's, it would have been a bit much, this. I think it's, um, 
you know, well, Disney let one in Guardians 3. There's an F-bomb in Guardians 3. Uh, it's the first one in Marvel. Um, mm. And it's, it's well-timed. It's comedic. It is what it is. It's not, it's not you know, nothing malicious. Yeah? <laughs> and it's, 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 it's just there for a laugh. And it works. Um, but yeah, Star Wars just feels different because of that intergalactic nature. It, it, it whilst they are clearly humans, it, it, it would have it would pull you out a little bit because you almost you almost like hearing the other, not otherworldly but the insults like who's a, what's a nerf herder who gives a crap like okay <laughs> that must be bad to them do you know what I mean? Whereas to <laughs> us we're like I don't know what that means. So for him to drop an f bomb you'd be like ooh. You know, you're right. It would have put so good, good choice, Disney. Regardless of what everyone thinks, you do make some right decisions. Yeah, and you know what would have bloody happened as well if that f bomb had got in. Welcome to my YouTube channel, Kathleen Kennedy, set to be fired <laughs> for first Star Wars f bomb. That's the title, and then actually the video itself is, I've just got a new garage door, completely different. This is called clickbait. <laughs> Six minutes of this. It would be clickbait everywhere, everywhere, wouldn't it? Just Kathleen mm-hmm. set fired. to roll. Yep, Disney's in crisis. Lucasfilm's in crisis. George is coming back, etc., etc. George Lucas in discussions with Klarna to buy Star Wars back in three instalments. <laughs> yeah, we got this client on the phone. It's a pretty big one. Uh, can we do this? We told people to get in contact if it's more than like you know a couple of grand. How much? more yeah uh we're talking <laughs> look I can't, I, is, is it serious or not because i've got to be honest with you i'm trying to sort out chelsea's balenciaga shoes from flannels in barnsley so it's either that <laughs> or we sort this shit out with disney right you choose either way <laughs> Klarna wins can yeah? we do four yeah three is a stretch for him but he said four he can get the money together between three and four so and he'll do your deposit and he will definitely pay you on the 25th of each month and he'll throw in a Stormtrooper helmet. Legit, original, yeah. Done. Says he can have his Yoda statue from outside his house. It's in good, Nick. Done. Fountain as well. <laughs> so, I'll have that. Water feature, yeah. Well, how, what deposit are you willing to pay? <laughs> Four billion. Oh, all right, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the statue. Yeah, and the yeah. fountain. I love yeah. that. That's the deal breaker. You throw in the fountain, <laughs> and you got it. <laughs> Buyer to collect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, where am I going to get a van from that size? Now nah, it's off. Yeah. <laughs> we have it that. So that's shipping. <laughs> oh God, that's Jesus. exactly what, and that. That's pretty much. I think we've done like a YouTube channel there. I think that's how you grow a YouTube channel these days, isn't it? That's how you do it, right? You yeah, put like I some, think that's yeah, some big doom and gloom clickbait um, title, and then in the body of the the article or the or the video. It's just whatever you want. Yeah, you just put just joking. I'm going to tell you about my dog. <laughs> but if you just start joking. with just joking and lol at the end, it's totally cool. People forget. It's cool. That right, works. Yeah, they don't remember. Yeah, they don't remember. Yeah, well, thanks, Tony, for not putting that F-bomb in. All right, let's call it quits on episode 190. Always a pleasure to have a good old chinwag about Star Wars. We've got some 
more stories coming up um, next week, actually. So I'm off next Friday for a week, but I think, do you want to record? We'll record a few days earlier, guys, and then we'll get it out next Saturday. And uh, I'll just not be around that week after. I don't get back till the 10th, you know? Got another week off, and a bloody slacker. So we'll be back next week. We'll have, we'll have a bit of bants. And yeah, if you want to just chuck us a few bob, get yourself one of those laptop stickers like Kevin and the crew, you can do so at sparkrebellion.com slash support. But from me, that is adios, much love, and may the force be with you, Gazla. See you next week, old China. Indeedy, indeedy, yeah. Even though we have nothing huge of consequence to talk about this week, all these fun little stories are a good, a good laugh, so... Yeah, Lucasfilm, Disney, keep them coming. Yeah, keep the keep the fiasco running over there a bit longer. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear about it. So it's all good. Uh, yes, we'll be out next week. Uh, recording a Thursday. Nothing, if not adaptable, so we can move it to another day. It's all good, and we'll give you some more Star Wars news and let you know what's going on in a galaxy far, far away. So until then, have a good week and take care of yourself, and may the Force be with you always.